Hello and welcome to today's edition of Chapter by Chapter for Dune. I am your host, Will Callen. With me is my co-host and good friend, Steve. It's a new day and it's a new Dune. It's a new day. It's a new Dune. I like how you said that, man. That's a good. great That's a great way to, to do like this. It. And uh, I, this chapter is interesting because you know how I said in the last chapter or the last two chapters that I think that this is the area where I think the next the Dune movie is going to end. I think this chapter is the perfect point to start the next Dune movie. You know? Yeah, but that other part's not the perfect point to end it, so I think you're wrong. Nah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see when the movie comes out, but I think like think about it like this. So, before we get into the chapter name and chapter introduction and everything, uh when you land when you open up a movie, the second movie on a completely different planet other than Arrakis, I think that's going to jolt some uh, some reactions from people. And I really like that idea of just like immediately going immediately going against the grain and not going with any of the characters you may be familiar with. Against and we'll get into everything. Uh, we'll get into everything that happened into the in into in the chapter. But uh, I didn't even think of a chapter name for this. Like I usually, like I always do. I never fucking remember a chapter name. So, do you have one that comes to mind? Well, this was like, what were they like hunting? Or this was, uh, no, this was, uh, I don't know what the fuck to call this chapter. It's uh, fade, something with fade, fade out, fade in, fade, fade out, out, <laughs> fade in, fade in, fade out. All right. That was on the fly there, baby. Yeah, that was uh, good. And I believe it's your turn to do the chapters introduction. <clears throat> the concept of progress acts as a protective mechanism to shield us from the terrors of the future. From collected saves of Muad'Dib by the Princess Irulan. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know what came over me. Someone got up inside of me. You came in full force with that ah! one. Holy shit. Listen, uh, so we gotta pull the curtain back. It's New Year's Eve. Oh yeah, we are. We're recording this on New Year's Eve. All right. You know what that means? That I took my pants off four hours ago and put on shorts. <laughs> Doesn't matter that it's the winter because it's short season, baby. Short season, baby. Because I'm relaxing. Because I'm relaxing tonight. And even though by the time people hear this, it won't be on New Year's. Even though we're all in quarantine you know it's important that you have yourself a good news and you have fun and that's why i'm put on shorts dude you have fun more than anybody i know you you're you're the type of guy that knows to have fun that's what they say have fun that's yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's what they tell me all right (laughs) all right so chapter 35 so like I said, we are finally off of Arrakis. So, how do you feel about that, Steve? Like, we spent a lot of time on Arrakis. I think the I think the last time we were on another planet was like chapter three. Or well, we were like on Caladan briefly, were we not? Yeah, we were on Caladan briefly at the beginning, and then it's been full Arrakis since then. And where are we here? Getty Prime. We are on Getty Prime, the homeworld of the Harkonnens. So they have this is their Caladan, essentially. Okay. But there's no there is no uh 
There's no like beautiful oceans or uh, landscapes. This is all kind of a brutalist, uh, macabre, dark, shitty industrial planet. Oh yeah, obviously. If you look at any of the concept art that is out there for, um, for the Dune miniseries, or even the establishing shot, because they do a little like an establishing shot. Is it not uh, in the miniseries? It is in the miniseries, and they do an establishing shot, and it's all like red. It actually looks like the final level of Doom. You know what I mean? The first Doom. <laughs> it's just this. Uh, just yeah. red everywhere. Hell. It just looks like it's all red and gross looking and just like it's it's this uh, maybe not brutalist. Brutalist is probably not the architecture that's properly describes it, but gothic comes to mind a lot. Gothic brutalist is is that's I'm really into. That's my I've decorated my house in gothic brutalist, <laughs> modern gothic brutalist, <laughs> contemporaryism. <laughs> Uh, where were we? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're we're on Giddy Prime here, and we're celebrating Fade Ralph's seventeenth birthday and hundredth slave kill in the gladiator <laughs> and wow. the gladiator gladiator wow. uh, arena. I mean, hey, you got to give it to him. That's a big accomplishment. So chapter... He's probably graduating oh, high it's... school at the same time. He's hitting his hundredth slave kill. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot, man. What did you do in high school? Nothing. Drugs. <laughs> Drugs and not enough schoolwork. Fade is running circles around you right now with the, with the amount of slaves that he's killed. <laughs> yeah, I haven't killed a single slave. But I've also chosen to keep it that way. And I've done a great job. Hey, man. It, shoot for the goals that you can achieve. Thank and you. you'll achieve everything you want. Know your limits. Uh yeah. So what I like about this chapter is that it immediately draws a juxtaposition between Paul and Fade. So Frank Herbert originally wrote Fade as the kind of antithesis of Paul. When Paul killed Jameis, the anti-Paul, when Paul killed Jameis, that was his first ever kill uh, for another person. Uh, that That is another... That is his first ah, – let me say that correctly. That is the first time he has killed somebody while Fade is on number 100. Of and specifically just slaves. He could have been killing slaves. all sorts of other people who aren't slaves. Yeah, and and before we get into like there's some really big meat and potato stuff between Count Fenring and Baron Harkonnen, I do want to talk about Fade Routha's fight that he has here oh man it's amazing oh it's so good we've talked about it already a couple of times and how frank herbert writes fighting uh as one of the is it's one of his strong suits and i don't think he really flexes enough in this in this book there there are a couple instances where you're like wow this is a great fight and then it's like followed by 16 chapters of talking and then you get another fight and you're like wow that's fucking awesome and then it's followed by another 16 chapter uh 16 chapters of talking that this fight, super cinematic, lots of things going on, but it reveals a lot about the Harkonnens and how they kind of just react and deal with their subjects. So when Fade Routh is usually fighting these uh these slave gladiators, as they call them, the last ninety-nine of them, they have been 
drugged with this certain drug. I can't remember what it's called, but it's to give Fade a leg up in the battle. And people know this. Like, people are well aware. And they're just cool with it. They're just cool with it. So it's not even like a fight. It's more of just an execution of just slaves. It's just just an execution. It's just watching uh, Fade chop up a drugged person. Yeah, exactly. However, what makes this one different is that now that Hawat is in the employ of Baron Harkonnen, he is now working with Fade to kind of like, I don't know, help his public relations uh, game a little bit. And his Hawat's plan is to, I'm not going to give you a guy that's drugged. Instead, we're going to give you a guy that is uh, at the top of his fighting game. He is a fighting man for the Atreides. But he does have a a little trigger word. And the trigger word is scum. And that word will like disorientate disorientate them. It'll also make them poop his pants. It just gets (laughs) you. Hey, man. I think it's been like four episodes where we haven't talked about poop yet. Well, I'm sorry. I apologize that it's been that long. We got to get back on brand here. We got to talk about poop sometimes. Hey, wait till we talk about the next chapter. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's poop in it. <laughs> there's definitely poop in it. Uh, yeah, so Fade uh, kicks the shit out of this guy. And it's, a, it's, an, uh, it's a fantastically written fight. No, here's uh, the thing. Fight, is but that... it is... <clears throat> sure, Fade kicks the shit out of this guy. But the first half of the fight is the slave... Like, the slave, I'm pretty sure, just watched Gladiator with Russell Crowe. And he's just like, I'm, fu- I'm here. I does fuck this, fuck that guy. I'm ready to go. He is talking shit to Fade. He is like, yeah, bring it on. And Fade even on- notices though. He he notices, like just even from the way the guy's muscles are, that he's he's def he can't be drugged. The guy is like ready to kill. But then Fade fucks him up and poisons him, and is like, ah. There is another. There's another game being played here with Howitt, and it's not really told exactly what's happening, but I believe Howitt is playing another game where he's trying to earn the respect and trust of Fade. And that's why he's doing these like different things to help him uh, gain more power. And it's mentioned throughout this chapter that the move that they do by not drugging this uh gladiator guy is going to kill the slave master and there's this one small line where killing the slave master will allow another person to take that spot and this other person is referred to as uh our man or your man or something like that they have another person lined up to take that spot for what purposes we don't know yet but how it is definitely like pulling some strings here I think Howard really wouldn't mind, though, if Fade got killed. No, absolutely not. It's like it's one of those things that, like, he's doing his job. He's doing the job the best he can. But if uh, if Fade was killed in this battle, Howard would yeah, be able to. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. He would, he would improvise a way out of that situation. Oh, no. Fade's dead. Oh, I guess God. Have a funeral. Oh, what are we going to do? I was a friend of oh, Fade. Oh, well. Give me his wallet. <laughs> uh, at the end of the fight, um, I think it's it's worth mentioning here that uh, the crowd 
screams for the the slave's head uh, once uh, once uh, Fade kills him. But it's the guy. Here's the thing: is that the gladiator doesn't actually. He's not actually necessarily killed by Fade. He does like cut him with the poison blade that he has. But before he dies, he falls over onto his chest with a with his sword and he stabs himself. So effectively, he kills himself without Fade doing it. So I think it's one of those things that like <coughs> you didn't kill me, I killed me. You know what I mean? It was like a like an honor. Yeah, thing. or maybe he's trying to spare himself from whatever humility is coming, and because obviously there's some sort of execution where he does it in front of a whole crowd. And yeah, or if the so, point, you know, like I don't know what the I don't know what the poison does. It could just be like, uh, uh, it well, could it was be paralyzing him. It was shutting him down. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, can't blame the guy. Yeah, no, totally, totally, totally. Um, and yeah, that leads into the next part where fade is, uh, about to cut his head off and show it to the crowd, but he doesn't do it. He shows mercy and he, he, he compliments the fighter for, for how well he fought. And uh and kind of to be buried with his with his sword. Yeah. And it kind of um it pisses Baron Harkonnen off just a little bit. It's like, how dare you defy me? Because even the even the Baron is like cut off his head, but he doesn't. Well and then there's this whole thing too that even with this whole fucking this whole display of fade executing this guy and everything, like it's almost seeding fade as an as a baron. As the next Baron, that is all the uh, that is that is uh, Baron Harkonnen's plan. And in this chapter, he's referred uh, Fate is referred to as Na Baron, which is I think is just another term for like the next Baron or the next the, one. Yeah, yeah the 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 Regent, the Baron Regent, or whatever. Uh, so obviously he's he's getting set up to be in this position, but. It's alluded to in this chapter that Fade is playing his own game as well. Yeah, he's playing his own game of chess. He's playing his own game of chess. However, there is another two people that are introduced into this chapter. We've we've talked about them a little bit throughout the book. Uh, They were the former uh, people living at Castle Eric Keen, Count Fenring and Lady Fenring. Lady Fenring if you remember was the woman that left the note for Jessica in the uh, botanical garden thing that's in Castle Erkeen. Yes. So they are also playing their own weird game. And that's like the beginning that their story kind of takes out the beginning of the book, uh, beginning of the chapter and the end of the chapter. So the beginning of the chapter, they show up, they're talking they're exchanging pleasantries to Baron Harkonnen. And Baron Harkonnen's like, do you have a second? I got this cone of silence over here. And uh, I want to I take it for a test run. <laughs> <laughs> so, is the, so is the cone of silence. So cone of silence is... The cone of silence. That is, a, that is not just a Dune thing. I've heard cone of silence in <clears throat> so many things. Like I've I, never heard it in anything. Oh, it's like a turn of phrase, man. Like when you're like talking to somebody and they're like, "Hey man, I gotta tell you something." Can we we like you can't say it to anybody else. This is the cone of silence. Nobody said that to you before. Nope, especially you. Well, we're in a cone of silence right now because nobody's fucking listening to this. 
Hey-o. This episode should have been called Cone of Silence. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Just crickets out there. Um, so Baron and Count Fenring go into this Cone of Silence, and they're talking about politics. And particularly speaking that Count Fenring knows that Baron Harkonnen has ordered the Sardaukar off of Arrakis, which is kind of a sketchy move. Why? Yeah. Like, the Sardaukar not only are kind of like the the people that keep the Baron and the Harkonnens in, uh, in check with whatever they do there, but they were also the number one fighting force to combat Fremen. So if you take that huge army away from Arrakis, you're leaving yourself up to a lot of attack from the Fremen. Baron Harkonnen kind of brushes this off and he's like, I don't think you know what you're talking about, man. Like, there's definitely not nearly enough Fremen on there to take back the land that we've got. And Count Fenring counters with, have you checked the southern the southern uh, axis or the southern regions of the planet? Because we've sent satellites over that area and there is nothing but evidence of Fremen all over the place. You are outmatched, outgunned in every single way. And Baron, I don't think he takes this very seriously. You know what I mean? And he's got he's those like, other... fuck that. He's got a plan to turn the planet into a prison planet. Um, it's mentioned in this chapter, Chapter uh, the planet Seleucus Secundus, and that is a prison planet. Seleucus Secundus. It's a pretty cool name, man. Frank Herbert hits, hit, fucking hits it out of the park with all the names. They're fucking great. I love all these names. So... Baron Harkonnen's plan is to turn Arrakis into a prison planet and possibly just like turn the Fremen, uh, the Fremen people into just like worker prisoners, just round them all up slaves and just get, yep. And just have them harvest spice until they all just drop dead. That is kind of like the spice the Baron's plan here. Cal Fenring also is aware that how it, is under the Baron's employ. And he's like, why are you doing that? That was like, that was in the Atreides Mentat. And Baron plays off this whole, like, well, I needed a Mentat. Nobody was going to supply like me one. this fucking sympathy game about how he didn't have a, first time he didn't have a Mentat and blah, 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 blah. He's like, you can't, you, you can't, I can't play this game without, you can't play chess without a Mentat. Everybody knows the first, first rule of Dune Chess is to make sure you have a Mentat. It helps. Uh, and the chat and that and that conversation more or less wraps up with um them talking about how it and the prison planet and everything. But the next the next crucial point of plot happens at the end of the chapter where Count Fenring and Lady Fenring are talking about seduce and fade Rautha. Keeping, uh, oh, yeah. getting his baby. And Lady Fenring oh, is all about it. Time. She is too about it. <laughs> She's a little bit too all about it. He's like, mean. yeah. He, he was like, do you, do you see the eyes he was making making at me? And Count Fenring She's was like, like yeah. She's like, I mean, I, I can do this if I if we have to do it. But like, I, you know, it's not like I want to do it. But like, we should do it. But like, I don't know. I uh, so like uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely, definitely don't want to do it. But like, I, I think we should definitely also do it. 
Yeah. And it's like, well, that's conflicting. <laughs> you just are trying to sleep with a 17-year-old, aren't you? And she's like, huh? What? What? What are you talking about? Here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, what that song's about? I, well, I know what the graduate's about, and that teacher's name is Mr. Rob- Mrs. Robinson, isn't it? What? <laughs> the, the graduate with, uh, <laughs> with, uh, you know what? Fuck it. We're from I'm the Beatles to the graduate. Okay, we're getting off track here. We're getting off track. Yeah, we're, we're getting off track. Somebody is sleeping with Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. Uh, uh, but their overall plan, I don't know what exactly it is. They they want to keep the the bloodline pure for uh, the Harkonnens uh, or for, for Fade. But I think it has to do with the fact that because – here's my interpretation. Because Baron Harkonnen's playing this game where he controls Arrakis and his heir is supposed to be Fade Rautha, and hopefully when all the Baron's plans come together – uh, Fade is the next emperor of the universe, and if Lady Fenring has a baby with uh, Fade Rautha, then that baby becomes Brindirlan. Writes a bunch of shitty books, <laughs> hundreds of them, just <laughs> fucking hundreds of them. <laughs> the, <laughs> the sayings of Muad'Dib, the phrases of Muad'Dib, but it'd be different. It'd be the sayings of uh, Fade. The takeout order of Fade Route. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> can I, Two can I get... Unagi rolls. <laughs> California rolls. Uh, do you guys have any spice with that? Do you guys got. Can you sprinkle some spice on top of these? Uh, on, on the California rolls? <laughs> yeah? Perfect. <laughs> From sushi order of Fade Routha. <laughs> Uh, and that that is where the chapter wraps up. I think that covers everything that I want to talk about here. It covers everything I want to talk about too, except that Perfect. there's one more thing I don't want to talk about, and that's what is that? As I said, it's New Year. We're going in 2021. Here we're coming. All right. By the time you're hearing this, it's probably a couple weeks already in the 2021. That's all right, because you know that you're already there, and I'm talking to you from the past. So be happy with your decisions. Uh, anything you're looking forward to? Yes. Great. I love that answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to reading more Wheel of Time, if I'm going to be honest. Which is coming up. Yeah, this. me too, man. Me too. We're going to get which right back into the Wheel of Time coming. for all you uh, Twitter of Time folks. Um, thank you all for listening. I know it's been a crazy year for oh, for everybody. Oh yeah, like crazy. Oh yeah, historic. Of course it is. It's been absolutely fucked, and you know? uh, we cannot express how much it it really means to us that you you guys are are still listening. Anyone who's hey, we know you're out there, our regular consistent listeners. We love you for it. And please don't leave because you keep me from doing bad things to myself. Steve's a mess, guys. I tried to pull them together with this podcast and it's just barely doing it. <laughs> just sitting in my room in the dark right now, just screaming. I don't know. Happy New Year's, everyone, even though this is a few weeks after New Year's. We'll see you tomorrow.
for chapter 36. We'll see you on Monday. Monday. We'll see you on Monday. <laughs> we'll see you on Monday for chapter 36 of Dune.